0: Butker trying to line this up. Winchester will snap it.
1: Coquit will hold it. 20-20 tie. High snap. Pulled down. Butker's kick is up and it it's right down the boulevard. It's and the Chiefs take a 23 to 20 lead with four seconds left in regulation and Harrison Butker kicks some you know what Welcome to the Chiefs kingdom Hi, how's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? You're listening to the Arrowheads of Broad Podcast with me, Tom Childs, filling in for Brad Simcox again. Don't bother to turn up again. So, joining me tonight, as promised on Tuesday's podcast, is Owen Woodson, the, the new the newbie to the Arrowheads heads Podcast, and of course, he's back to talk about the Raiders. It's Dave Barnett. How are you Whoa. doing, Dave? Why do I get dropped to final introduction? What's all this about? Well, you've um, always been final introduction it's just now i'm just i'm just just... last in the mind i'm always last on the mind am i well some would always thought about right age before beauty and save the best till last and all of that (laughs) so which one do you want do you want the the best till last or do you want to be first from now on
2: no god no first is too much pressure i don't like. i like (laughs)
1: I'm i'm the middle
2: child the forgotten middle child so i'm used to being stuck in the middle and forgotten about that so. doesn't
1: surprise me. I've always had you down as like the younger child, like the baby. Really? The yeah, no. the way you behave. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jesus. Entitled. <laughs> and, uh, uh, bit harsh, sorry. that. Yeah. Bit harsh. Jesus. Now, now we're going into mummy and daddy issues. Maybe we should leave this uh, along <laughs> yeah, and move on. It's a bit uh, too close to home, Matt, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Anyways, um what child are you? Are you the first, middle, or last child? Uh, I'm the youngest.
0: Uh, i got an older brother. Yeah, he's, um, oh God. Uh, he's 22, I want to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, like imagine having
2: an older brother that's 22,
0: Tom. Could you <laughs> yeah. imagine? Yeah. <laughs> uh, How old are you, Owen? Well, 23. I'm 20. I turned 20. Oh, A yeah, uh, couple of weeks ago,
1: yeah. Oh, wow. Well, so when you got to the Hippodrome the other day, you were only just allowed in to our watch party.
0: What, is, is the age limit 20 then there?
1: Well, 18, but yeah, you know, oh, right, enough. Yeah, yeah. it's enough. It's I all mean, it's, it gets, when you get to Tom's age, the, you know, a
2: year is a very short amount of time when you've lived <laughs> yeah. for as long as he has. Because <laughs> I actually true.
0: remember one of the uh, one of the first watch parties at the Hippodrome, I actually wasn't allowed to go because I was 17. I hadn't turned 18 yet, so I actually missed out one of the first watch parties with you guys.
1: Oh, you probably didn't because miss much, my... to be honest. <laughs> I was going to
2: say, yeah, if it was actually a couple of years ago. Yeah.
1: Well, it doesn't surprise so, me actually that you did miss. You didn't miss much because in our early days of our watch parties, um, we used to lose every time we used to go watch the Chiefs. Yeah, like that's a, true. A, a, honestly, last first two or three years, we didn't have a watch party where we saw the Chiefs win. But now we're on a bit of a streak. We're now four watch parties in a row where we've won the game. Um, maybe it's the Mahomes effect, or maybe we just decided to finally have watch parties whilst the Chiefs are good. And this <laughs> yeah, year, yeah, that helps. Yeah. This year, the opponents for our watch parties are the Titans, then the Raiders, and then don't the Patriots. Jinx, don't jinx it. So don't say that now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, speaking of the Raiders, this is why we're here, as promised, two shows a week from now until February. The Raider second week. week in February. It is Raider Week. The last Raiders game being played in Oakland. Which Against is the Chiefs. Against the Chiefs, of course, which, is, which is sad for us because it's been a happy hunting ground for us. And we're going to change it out this week because Brad's not here. We're going to do uh, the preview in a slightly different style. We've asked for some mailbag questions from you guys. And we're going to kind of use them to to go along and uh, preview the Raiders purely because I'm not skilled enough or patient enough to sit there and actually plan a show properly like Brad is. So um, <laughs> he's right. <laughs> not that Brad's any good at it himself. Um, Jesus.
2: Sorry, What's up with the I, I've who pissed on your chips before because <laughs> you've got a stinky attitude tonight mate stinky but you're giving me shit and now you're giving Brad st- like shit and he's not even here to
1: defend himself what's all this about oh come on brad that uh dave that is the unwritten rule of this podcast if you're not in it you're getting shit i mean yeah but <laughs> it's just it's hard to witness it's hard to witness. I'm sorry. I'm um? sorry. Desperate times, desperate measures, all <laughs> that. All in all in the name of entertainment, apparently. Right, anyways, first question is from Duncan Smart. Uh, our very own Scottish Duncan Smart. I thought the Raiders would be better than most expected. Was I right? Or were the Broncos a flash in the pan? It's only one game and the Broncos has had umpteen penalties, but aside from the off season nonsense with their roster, um it does look improved overall to me. Extra points if we don't mention AB. I don't know what the question is there is there, but I'm pretty sure. What is he saying? Were the Raiders actually good on Monday night, or are the Broncos just terrible? Both,
2: I think. Like, don't get me wrong. The Broncos were pretty awful. Their their offense did not move the ball consistently at all. It was pretty dreadful. Um, they generated no pass rush, which was weird when you mm-hmm. consider who's on that D-line, you know, Chubb and uh, Von Miller, you expect just by default that they'll at least get a couple of sacks. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, no sacks given up by the Raiders O-line. So I guess you have to give a fair bit of the credit to them there. Um, I obviously do wonder if the Chiefs do get pressure. You know, we've all seen what cars like before, when you get in his face and you disrupt him, that's when he generally tends to fall apart, Um, and as I say, with the the way the Chiefs' offense was rolling in the first half against the Jags, uh, I I don't see, even though the Raiders looked improved, I don't see how they could keep up, you know, they were able to sort of keep within themselves a little bit against Mm -hmm. the Broncos. Uh, on Monday night, you know, because they were in the lead, because they weren't having to chase the game, yeah. they could grind it out a little bit. I have to say, Jacobs, Josh Jacobs looks very, very good. Um, he does look like a potential uh, star, but um, I still think there's plenty of holes on that roster that good teams could take advantage of. Um, but yeah, they certainly looked better than I expected to after their opening, like, the, the all the incidents that happened before
1: that. I don't know, like, if you can get too excited about the Raiders beating the Broncos, because this is well and truly a battle of the two worst teams in the AFC West. Um, like obviously, the Raiders are entertaining the Chiefs, but that's just, the Chiefs are a completely different opponent to to the, to the Broncos, Joe Flacco is a shadow of his former, former self. Obviously, we are talking about Joe Flacco, who had that one elite mm. uh, preseason once upon a time. But nonetheless, this is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense coming in. You mentioned the lack of pressure that the Broncos got. There was an emphasis by the Raiders to get the ball out quick. Yeah. Um, similar to lots of what gardner mentioned did against us on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the ball out quick. Because of it, Carr had a really, really high completion rate, similar to what Gardner mentioned. Did, um, but we know what Carr's like when it comes to the Chiefs. He's always good for a meltdown against the Chiefs. Like in the years gone by. He's had some quite good games against the Chiefs. There. The one they beat us in 2014, was it, in his rookie season, and then a couple of years ago when that game that seemed to last ever, um, Derek Carr did play Don't quite well. Don't remind me of that yeah. game. Playing <laughs> awful. He did play quite well then, but there's been other times when he's just looked absolutely terrible. There was a, a, a picky he to Marcus Peters a couple of years ago, which he just threw up there. There was the pick to Tyvan Branch. Uh, a couple of years ago as a name well, you've not heard in a while yeah, so yeah I no, tell me about it so he he has and obviously he's performed terribly at Arrowhead so with Derek Carr you never know what you're going to get if we get the good of get Derek Carr on Sunday then it's going to be a really entertaining game but if we get the token meltdown from Derek Carr then it's going to be a lot of fun for us to watch
0: yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, like you both said, I feel like the game was won in the trenches. Uh, <clears throat> uh, obviously, they didn't allow a single sack and Josh Jacobs uh, had a really good game and he got two touchdowns on the day. So it's just I, I think it's, it's just about the offense of the Chiefs. really. And I think the offense of the Chiefs is obviously far superior to the uh, to what the Broncos had. So uh, as long as we can like get through a bit more than uh, the Broncos manage, we should be fine, I think.
1: So who are, I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but as we're talking about the, the, the Raiders offense, mm. outside of Josh Jacobs, who looked brilliant yep. on Monday night, and it he does look like he's going to be the next good running back in this league, and Derek Carr, we know all about him, but yeah. obviously they've gone through the ship with Antonio Brown, and we know what Antonio Brown's not up to in New England, mm. and we're not even going to go into that again, but where else, or where are the strengths on this Raiders offense? They got Tyrell Williams from the Chargers, is, is the, yep. he their main guy? Uh, yeah, you, you would think with Brown no longer being
2: there, Williams is probably their go-to guy on offense. Um, I say they've got there's a lot of kind of guys where you're, nev- you're not really sure what they've got there. I think obviously their their O-line looks improved, um, and I think that's going to be kind of the key from them. It, you know, they're not going to try and look to do too much. They're going to look to try and establish the run. They're going to try and protect Carr, get the ball out quickly. So, yeah, I, I say I'm not looking like looking at their team and thinking they're going to have like any out-and-out out stars on offense outside mm-hmm. of maybe Jacobs. Um, but I think they'll just, I say, they'll try and be sensible. They'll try and be smart. A little bit like sort of the Bears offense to it to an extent last year where obviously they're trying to protect uh Trubitsky a little bit and not ask him to do too much and I think it'll be the same with Carr. Um obviously the Raiders' defence is nowhere near on the level of the Bears' defence of last year. So Mm -hmm. I I say I think that's probably where they come unstuck because I say I don't think, you know, the the Bears defence allowed them to be like that last year, whereas, you know, the Raiders' defence does I don't think allows the Raiders to sort of stick to their game plan consistently because i think they will get behind in games and have to sort of abandon that you know sort of game plan that you seem you know saw seem to work for them on monday night against the broncos
1: yeah you can't game plan against the chiefs like when i, I sat there on sunday and we were watching the game and the first thing the commentator said when pat mahomes tried out was that the jags elected to defer which to me is the most ridiculous thing you can do against this Chiefs team like if you're serious about beating them you need to have this game in control from the very beginning like if Derek Cole or the Raiders do win win the toss it's imperative that they take the ball first and they need to march down and score because if the Chiefs do get into a position like they did on Sunday where they're 7-0 up where they're 10-0 up mm. the game is over because as soon as you go chasing the Chiefs you are playing exactly into our hands Because we can score a lot quicker than you can. And if you need to score, that's when mistakes happen. And the Raiders simply do not have the weapons to try and keep up in a a slugfest with the Chiefs. And I think that's probably the way the pattern of the game is going to go. The Chiefs will get up early. And then they will have to try and move away from Josh Jacobs. They won't be able to rely on him for 25, 30 carries because they'll waste their own time. And if if teams are going to do that, then we're going to see a lot of victories in the next few weeks. Um, Got a ton of questions here about the cornerback situation, um, as ever, because mm. people are obviously worried after Sunday. Um, let's let's roll f- through a couple of these quickly, and then we try and tie it up all in one. Um, Connor Kelly asks, uh, not Connor Kelly, sorry, Craig McCullen asks, do you think the Chiefs would trade for a, a cornerback before between now and our home opener? Um, who else has asked a cornerback question? How bad... Uh, does this team need an upgrade at cornerback Um, are this week are restructured contracts this week anything to do with making a move there? that's a question by Tony Connor and then Sam Matthews has asked um, do you feel like the panic from fans over the cornerback situation is a bit of an overreaction we've just hung 40 points on one of the best defences in the league with injuries to Hill and Mahomes we should be losing our minds over what the O is going to do this year not the cornerback so I'll send that question to you first Owen because we've heard Dave's opinion a million times about the cornerback situation (laughs) I mean it's obviously
0: it's obviously not perfect Uh, we could definitely use some work Um, I I like the safeties but obviously it's just the cornerback so um, I mean god forbid an injury happens to one of the corners I just don't know where we're going to go and what we're going to do because it is desperately thin I think at one point we had more running backs or, or we still might have more running backs on our roster than we do Corners, like if you include the fullbacks, mm-hmm. um, it depends,
1: And I suppose it depends where you class Tramore. Some of these, Smith, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sticks, yeah sticks, he's yeah. all
0: over the place, so I have no idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, if if one of them gets injured, I, I feel like we're going to be in dire need. So I, I feel like we do need to make at least one move to try and at least get some more depth to the position because it's it's a bit dire at the moment.
1: So who's going to be the guy between now and say let's let's answer Craig's question between mm. now and next Sunday when the Ravens come to town? Uh, who who could be the guy that we get in? And how much is he going to cost?
2: Pff, I mean, there. I mean, realistically, from the looks of things, there's only one guy. If you're talking between now and next Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, Xavier and Howard. Mm -hmm. of the Dolphins, Um, because obviously Peterson, Patrick Peterson, another guy that's been touted a lot, suspended for the first six games, so you know, he's not making an appearance in a a Chiefs jersey until week seven at the earliest, regardless Um, so if you're realistically talking about clearing that cap space for somebody that's going to be playing soon, then Xavier Howard seems like the the most likely um, prospect you know, the Dolphins looked just Honestly, they looked like a bad college team. They on, looked like they looked like the
1: Jayhawks football team.
2: Um, honestly, that I think the Broncos, if they really wanted to... Uh, sorry, the Broncos, the Ravens, if they really wanted to, could have probably scored about 70, 80 points in that game. <laughs> they had their way <laughs> with the Dolphins. And the thing was, it's like you can kind of put up with... Team's being bad and tanking a little bit. It's fine. It happens. You know, you want to get that draft position. But it just looked like a lot of the players didn't care, Mm -hmm. which was like, you know, when we were bad, we were bad. But I never went out, you know, watched and saw, you know, Chiefs players go out not looking like they cared. They just weren't good enough. Whereas, like, the Dolphins, yeah, their roster is probably one of the weakest, if not the weakest in the NFL, but it also looked like they just didn't give a
1: shit on on Sunday as well. But that has um, to come from that's coming from above because if above don't give a shit about you because they know that you're not in their long term plans. Why why sh- why should the players care? Like I know they're there for oh a, yeah, but a that,
2: that but that's the problem. Where you put you, that's the position you put yourself mm-hmm. in when you're tanking, yeah. and it's much harder to do in football than say something like basketball. Yeah, because you've got to keep so many more guys happy. You know, it's not just like you've got you know four or five guys who you know realistically okay where else we're we gonna go and play and warm a bench at least we gotta get, get some minutes in an, yeah. on an nba team whereas in the nfl it's like you know you've got to keep so many more guys happy and it's you take a guy like howard for example he just signed to a five-year 75 million dollar deal it's like how, how are you supposed to keep a guy like that happy? say say a guy to like like that you know your prime years you know the next two three years you kind of just got to Play for a tanking team. It's like that's such a hard sell for guys. And yeah, I say I think you know there was a lot of a lot of talk, a lot of rumors coming out after the game against the Ravens on Sunday that a lot, you know, a lot of the higher paid, better players on that uh, Dolphins roster were not happy and seeking trades. So yeah, I think if any guy is available right now, you would think uh, Xavier Howard would be the number
1: one guy. See, I don't think we're going to go for anyone anytime soon. I think the Chiefs are going to wait out and see how Mo Claiborne looks when he comes in. Don't um, buy it. We're don't only buy it. We're three or four weeks away from Mo Claiborne coming in, coming back. And if the Chiefs were to go out and get a guy now, it's going to cost them a fortune, like a Javin Howard, that is going to cost them so much in draft capital and so much in cap space that I don't think they're ready to make that move. I think, feel like they will wait to see what Mo Claiborne looks like coming when he comes in and if it still looks like trash on the back end then I think then that's when you might see like the Patrick Peterson type move a slightly cheaper deal in terms of draft capital and obviously not one that's built for the long term. you, see, you probably take his contract and that's it. I would have been
2: inclined to agree with you last week but you don't clear ten and a half million dollars in cap space when you don't need to, without a reason to do so. Maybe, There's just no reason to do that. Maybe like, they're just uh,
1: doing it just so they can keep an eye. But maybe they, if, if a guy gets cut shockingly or something like yeah, that, but they, they still had
2: thirty. They still had like twelve, thirteen million. It's not like they were up against the cap. You know, it's not like they were up against the salary cap by any stretch of the imagination. They still had $12, 30 dollars. Okay, maybe a little bit less after. Uh, Hill's New Deal but they still had a fair chunk of space there so it's like you, you weren't in any desperate need to create cap space and for me the only reason you create that cap space is if you, there is a move on the horizon and I, I don't doubt for a second that there's there's something in the works I don't know who and I don't know what but I, I just there's no reason to clear that cap space and also tie you into so, you, so for example Hitchens is now tied into the you know how everyone talked about, oh, the third year you can get out of that Hitchens deal. That's not happening anymore. Mm-hmm. You're tied into Hitchens for three years now. Um, and same with Fisher, to an extent, you tied in for another year with Fisher, really. Because, obviously, when you convert that um, salary into a signing bonus, that goes over the years of the contract. So, yeah, it's now it gives you more of a cap hit further down the road, basically. Um so yeah, I, I I'd say I, I just don't see the the need to make that move if there isn't something in the pipeline.
1: Are you back with us now, Owen? You left yes, us. Yeah. You left us um, for a second, there. I
2: actually just
0: checked my roommates, uh of my housemates, the Wi Fi dropped in my house. So, oh no. Uh, we're back.
1: Well, well you've just made history on the Our Heads Abroad Podcast because you are the first person ever that's falling out of the conversation and then successfully managed to get back in. It's a miracle. It is a miracle. Norm- <laughs> normally, we would say goodbye to you um, without you hearing us, and it would have just been me and Dave. But somehow, the podcasting gods have allowed you back into the, back into the room. Um, not to go on about what we we're just talking about, but I've got a question here. Um, where is it? Do um, do 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 do. Where is it? It was a good one. Oh, here we go. Anthony Jacob asked, um, "Who or what?" are the biggest obstacles within the Chiefs' organisation that will stop them from winning the Super Bowl? I'll send that one to you, Owen. Within the organisation? Yeah, it's a good question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, That is a
0: really good question. Um, God, that has actually stumped me. Um, Well, I'll go um, first. I'll go go
1: first. Um, I don't want to beat up on the cornerback situation anymore, but really, you you have to say Brett Veach at this moment in time because if you look at the last two seasons, we've avoided the cornerback situation and we've just completely ignored it and we've ended up in a bit of a mess there and had we sorted it, then we would have been okay. Maybe if you were staying along that tangent, maybe Clark Hunt, not this year, but Clark Hunt could certainly have been a reason why we haven't won a Super Bowl because of a certain cornerback that now plays to the LA Rams. I I,
2: I don't buy that. I I say, I think, um, Hunt put plenty of money in. You know, reads one of the highest-paid coaches in the league, and he, but you know he's been willing to hand out extensions. I, as I don't. I,
1: I don't know. I don't. I don't doubt that for one second. But what I'm saying is, potentially they could have been an over overriding power that saw the the release or the the trade of Marcus Peters and we won't go too much into Marcus Peters but we all Mm. are willing to accept I should imagine that was had he been here last year then the Chiefs probably would have won the Super Bowl Um, but who else can we say within the Chiefs organization right now like obviously you can say Patrick Mahomes because he will pretty much define the whole season but yeah he's not an obstacle right now he's, he's one of the reasons why we we would what, what's what's the negative thing inside the Chiefs organization at the moment that couldn't hold us back outside of the cornerback situation
2: I say maybe Spagnolo if you know if the guys don't take to the scheme but I say that even then that's sort of clutching at thing mm-hmm. I, I say I I look at it as the Chiefs are perfectly set up for success right now. You know, they've got a young roster. They've got guys tied down for multiple years. You know, the the, the core of this team is going to be around for, you know, another two or three years minimum, probably. Um, you know, they might lose one or two guys, but the core key players are going to be around for a few more years yet. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Chiefs are set up perfectly. I think, like, you kind of... Yeah, there's some things that could be improved, but I don't think you could take a look at, you know, any roster in the NFL and say that's a complete roster from top to bottom by any stretch of the imagination.
1: Anything you want to add to that, Owen? Um, have, you, I mean, have you come up with your guy?
0: Well, I, they're both mentioned. I mean, if, if we do go further on down the season and the cornerback situation doesn't die and Brett Veach doesn't bring anyone in and we don't have any more additions and that's the thing that's holding us back, uh, it could prove to be costly in the playoffs. So if, if something doesn't, have, like, doesn't happen later on down the line, if the situation doesn't improve, then I could see that being a, a like a stopping point for us. Um, and also, it, like like you said with uh, Steve uh, Spagnolo, if they don't take to the scheme, because he, he's got a habit of, his schemes are quite intricate to learn. They're quite difficult for uh, players to learn. So, if they don't take to that as quickly as we'd hope, and we have consistent problems throughout the season, then it might be the undoing of us in the playoffs.
1: If the season ends the same way, right? Hypothetical here, and the season ends with Tom Brady picking apart the Chiefs' cornerbacks and picking apart the same the scheme and whatnot. What's the security like for Brett Veach's job?
2: Uh, pff, I think it's fine for, you know, another couple of years. What I his think. seat's
1: not heating up at all? Not
2: right now, no. Not um, right now,
1: but in you no know, January the twenty third or whatever it is, we're sitting here having the same conversation we had last January, and it's all to do with the corners. I think he gets an another year. Um, mm-hmm. I certainly, I
2: say I won't put it down to lack of effort. I think. A, really, a certain, I, really, I, yeah.
1: I, yeah. I, I, I would definitely put it down um, to lack of effort. I, I, I think it's I, been a serious lack of resources and uh, throwing at the cornerback position. I, I
2: don't think necessarily. Like, obviously, they went out and got Kendall Fuller last year, who was very, very highly rated coming into mm-hmm. Kansas City um, to sort of replace Peters. Um, the way Ward finished last year, I don't think anybody, anybody, had a problem with Ward getting his shot at the start of this year based on how he finished towards the back end of last year a lot of people were pleased with the Brashard breeland signing in the off season anyone that says otherwise you know is mostly lying but sure there were a few dissenters but most people were very happy at getting Brashard beeland at the price we
1: got him but that's um, fine but in two seasons we've chucked a six round draft pick at cornerback and that's it and then we've gone into this season with four corners on the active roster. Trayman Smith does not count because he's there for special teams ability only. Yeah, four, and uh, four, as you say, that's why I'm saying no there's,
2: there's clearly something in the works. That There's no way there isn't. And I will, if in, by week six, for example, say when Peterson's suspension is up, mm-hmm. if the Chiefs have not made a move at cornerback, I will hold my hands up and say I was wrong. But with the way that Veach has manoeuvred the cap within the last couple of days, and all the rumours spinning around, there is no way the Chiefs are not not looking to bring someone else in. I don't think at corner.
1: I'd be shocked if that's not the case. Okay, let's go back to the Raiders because we went off on a tangent there. Um, again, talking about the cornerback situation, but it is clearly we never a talk need. about that. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> is a pressing need. To um, so this week's game, uh, Connor Kelly asks. Why did we see so little out of the defensive line in the last game? They were playing a number of backups and didn't have a massive impact. Why was that, Owen?
0: Um, I mean, I think the um I, I think the defensive line was uh, they had plenty of rotation in there. They're getting all the uh people all the guys that you know aren't the starters in there, constantly shaking it up. And I think that was almost to get them get a look at them so we can see, so see what so we see what they like It's obviously very very early on in the season and uh, we do have quite a good depth at defensive line. Um, I mean, Emmanuel Ogba came up and he he played really well. We nearly had that pick six. Oh, no, no, that's, that is Alex Okafor. Sorry, no, my bad. Um, but yeah, obviously he he played well as well. Uh, Emmanuel Ogba uh, came in. Um, and I, th- I think that the rotation was more, not that we couldn't find something that worked, but we wanted to try out that rotation and see how it worked for us.
1: They certainly held up against a run. That is for sure. Yeah. And yeah, we as, we, as we alluded to earlier, like, there was an emphasis once Nick Foles went out of the game to not let the Jags quarterback stand in there and um, take his time to survey the field. The Jags wanted the ball out as quick as possible, so obviously that does negate pass rush. But I think you have to be overall, you have to be happy with how the, the D line held up against against the run. On this this Sunday, we played the Raiders, obviously, and they've got their their left tackle Colton Miller. And I was at that game last year when the Seahawks played the Raiders at Wembley. And Frank Clark got two and a half sacks in the first half then sat out the rest of the game and honestly, Colton Miller was Frank Clark's bitch all game <laughs> and um it was the game where you do you remember the the video of Derek Carr crying whilst he sat on sat on his sat on his arse of the Wembley turf and that was all Frank Clark Frank Clark single-handedly ruined that entire game so hopefully we can see a repeat performance from him I'm not worried myself yet about the D-line I think they are the strength of the defense and I do feel like it was quite vanilla the way the Chiefs defense played on Sunday and I, yeah. I feel I feel like we're going to get a little bit more exotic stuff out of Steve Spagnolo this Sunday
2: yeah I, I say there was a lot of four-man rushes the win you, you know wasn't trying to bring any extra pressure from elsewhere. Um, you know, uh, Jags did a pretty good job of protecting their their third string left tackle by basically giving you know an extra guy on that end of the line, constantly double teaming, chipping Clark on that end. Um, I say Jones had a quiet game. Um, not quite what we came to expect, but. As I say, like you said, when Minshew came in, the Jags were, you know, emphasis on getting the ball out quick and not not having uh, him sit in the back, of, you know, in the pocket for too long. Um, so, yeah, a combination of things. But I say, I'm not too worried yet. It's week, week one proper in the new scheme. Um, obviously, at one point, we're, th- what, 37 to 16 up, was it? I think. Mm-hmm. Or 13 up, sorry. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I I think the the you know kind of even eased off a little bit more at that point. Um, So yeah, I I certainly expect Spagnuolo to dial things up as we get further on into the season. If we still play play like that, come weeks, you know, week seven, week eight, I'd probably be a little bit more. Well, not probably, I'd definitely be a little bit more
1: worried about
2: um, the defense. But yeah, week one, early in a new scheme, I'm not too worried yet.
1: I'm looking forward to the Chiefs bringing it on Sunday. Even if the Raiders do try and get the ball out early, I feel like the linebackers are going to really attack. Tyron Matthews is going to attack. The corners are going to hold positions, going to try and jump routes on Sunday. Um, if they do try and go long, I think you could see a big game from Juan Thornhill on Sunday. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they go about just getting after Derek Carr and getting after these receivers, these no name receivers of the Oakland Raiders. Just get in their face and just basically bring the game to them. So it should it should make for an interesting matchup. Um the spread at the moment is seven and a half points. Is that too little or has the bookies been fair on the Raiders?
2: Um, I think after Monday night that's you know, it's fair in terms of a seven and a half point underdog at home is pretty high. You don't see that kind of spread very often, so even though it's not quite the the spread we sometimes see when the chiefs offense rolls into town against bad teams um yeah it's i cert- think certainly roundabout about what i i would expect um you know still you know needing uh you know more than a touchdown mm-hmm. uh victory to to beat the spread so yeah that i'd say that's pretty
1: fair so finally let's hear it chiefs raiders 5 past 9 kickoff over here in the UK on Sunday. 5 Is past it 5. Three. Past... Yeah, 5 past 3 for you guys. I can remember this there's summit at 5 past summit at 25 past. Nine, yeah. I <laughs> 5 past 3 for you guys in Kansas City. Um what's the score going to be, Owen? Uh
0: so I've got the Chiefs winning uh 38 to 24. Um I think Josh Jacobs gets a couple of touchdowns. I think uh, the Chiefs offense just overwhelms them there.
1: Dave, uh
2: I'm going to go with Chiefs 44 Raiders 17 Um I say I just think this offense is going to overwhelm the Raiders uh, You know if we did kept the foot on the gas against the Jags It could have been even even worse for them on uh, on Sunday <coughs> Obviously, I, You know I'd be I'd look at the Raiders defenses, you know Not on the same level as the Jags and we still put 40 points and left points on the field so yeah, I fully expect the Chiefs to win this game. That um, they've got way more talent than than the Raiders, but the Raiders do look to be slowly
1: improving. Mm-hmm. Well, after massively underselling the Chiefs' offense last week by only predicting thirty points, I've overcompensated massively. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the Chiefs put up a, a fifty burger. In fact, fifty-one points. On Oof, on what uh, points? That sorry. A lot of points, that. It is a lot of, a lot of point. points. Equaling the amount of points they got in LA last year. Um, 51, but I think the Raiders do score points. I do feel like they're going to try and make a game of it. And it'll be uh, 51-31 uh, Jeez. To, to the Chiefs. So I'm going for a full-blown shootout. Similar to, like... Do you remember the Jamal Charles game in Oakland a few years ago? I do, and yes. And if you look at it, obviously... Jamal Scott scored five touchdowns. But if the score line was something ridiculous as well, like, I think the Chiefs were close to the 50s, if not in it the 50, 50s. 55,
2: 38 was yeah, it? Yeah, which like is that? just
1: an outrageous score line. I, I can see like, the game going down that sort of pattern where the Chiefs just score, score, and score. The Raiders might show a little bit, pretend they're going to come back into it. Matt McGloin might come back and start throwing touchdowns to the Raiders. But then, you know, the Chiefs are just going to open up. Even with Mahomes' injury. Um, Apparent, injury apparent, anyway. Um, full practice. Um, full practice, day. Anyway, here, mind. be fine. Uh, I do feel like the Chiefs are going to put out points. Right. I kind of led us to it a second ago, but what is the greatest Chiefs-Raiders moment at the OCO Coliseum in your mind? Oh, is it... Is Brandon Flowers it, uh, pick six, uh, do me, uh, hands let me, down. Let me finish the question <laughs> first. Maybe. I already knew the answer. <laughs> it, it, was, <laughs> it was already going to be between us because we're relatively new fans. Like obviously, me, me and Dave, yeah. like 15, 20 years, but... In the last 15, 20 years, it, it's without a shadow of a doubt, it's either that or Jamal Charles uh, bowing to the black hole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Brandon Flowers. Uh, and, that is and, immense. And, That's and, one of my favourite pictures. Andy Sudebaker, was it, standing next to him? Yeah. And it's just it's just an iconic moment. Stun um, on a ball flexing in front of the black hole. That, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, epic, epic picture. And, you know, after scoring a defensive touchdown as well, such
1: such a good photo. It's such a shame that they are moving away from Because it is... It's a dive. It really is. Like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I watched Moneyball for the first time the other night, and obviously that's a film about the Oakland days, the two thousand two yeah, stadium, A's. yeah, and same stadium. And you're sitting there watching it and thinking, this stadium is a pile of shit, yeah. But you could argue it's got tons and tons of character. Like I'm sure, sure opposing yeah. teams hate going there. I'm sure opposing fans hate going there. But I feel like the Raiders now have kind of sold their soul to move to Las Vegas, where it's going to be bright lights and show ponies and whatever. It's just going to be all sorts going on. But it's not going to feel like home for the Raiders. And it is a shame they are moving on. But I just feel like the Chiefs should go in there on Sunday and do what they've done pretty well in Oakland and just smack their ass around. Like just, <laughs> just just, put a 50-burger on them. And just make it miserable. Let them know that their future is horrendous and our future is incredible. <laughs> is yeah, that- it'd, be just, it'd just be nice to... The last Chiefs Raiders
2: game at the uh, Coliseum. Just to, um, yeah, just to sort of send them off on a nice... (laughs) <laughs> embarrassing defeat <laughs> after them getting the hopes up a little bit in week one not that I hate the Raiders or anything but I hate the Raiders <laughs> and obviously
0: Just, we'd end our um, all-time record on a positive note as well because it uh, would. if we win we-, we get the all-time record in this, in this stadium there well. we go
1: well there's an incentive and a half isn't it as long as we don't get a repeat of a couple of years ago in the never-ending game I'm, we I'm, never <laughs> talk about that game, as much <laughs> that game never talk about it <laughs> I do apologise. okay well that's it from the Arrowheads of Broad podcast this week um, we'll be back on monday um to hopefully review a chief's high octane win against the oakland raiders Touch and hopefully yeah hopefully this time brad will be back to host the podcast but um, thank you for joining us and if you want to get involved in the conversation do hit us up on twitter and facebook at our heads abroad on facebook and at kc chiefs underscore uk on twitter and so from one kingdom to another we'll speak to you again soon